you can hear Stefan Diggs. He catches the ball and he looks at people and sends his F you, F you, F you, F you, and F you. I was like, <laughs> like, it was like taking that burden off their back of finally beating the New England Patriots. Welcome into another episode of The Chop Shop. I'm Trey Wingo here alongside my good buddy, Mark Schlereth. Here in the Chop Shop, we're partnering once again with our friends at Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Vans. Hey, when was the last time you seriously considered your dreams? I mean, come on, you used to think about them all the time. What happened? I say it's time that you and your dreams got back together. I mean, think about it. You could live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. You could tour all 423 national parks, build a mountain cabin with your dad, or even start up your own business. Really, whatever you want to dream up. And it's a Mercedes-Benz van we're talking about here, kids. So expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. It runs like, well, a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz dealership and get that Sprinter van. Tell them your dream sent you. Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome into another edition of the Chop Shop. Glad you're here with us on what will be our final Chop Shop of the 2021 calendar year. But no, don't worry. We're not going anywhere until the season's over. We're just acknowledging the fact that the next time we see you, we'll be in a new year. Trey Wingo here with Mark Schlereth. And Mark, let me say on behalf of all those who have ever watched Trading Places, Merry New Year. Yeah, Merry New Year to you, jerky time. (laughs) How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Did you have a good Christmas? Have a good holiday? Yeah, my wife, uh, once again, um, she's undefeated when it comes to Christmas. There's nobody spent more money than her. So congratulations, I would like to say. And I just sit back and enjoy it. I just watch the grandkids, you know, go through ripping through gifts. And it was fun. We had a great time. Everybody was home. Um, Nice to be with our family. So it was uh, great. And like I said, we once again won Christmas. So that was awesome. It's funny you say that we have some friends of ours up in uh, Maui built a house and the guy said, I gave my wife an unlimited budget for the house and she exceeded it. So uh, yes. I'm familiar <laughs> I'm familiar <laughs> with what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but is, we're not talking that about- That is a great line, by the way, and I will <laughs> yeah. steal that and use it in my own. Absolutely. I gave her an unlimited budget and she exceeded it. So right. goals attained. Uh, so we did, we're not here to talk about Christmas or houses, although we could. We're here to talk yeah. about football. And you know what? My good friend Mike Golick Jr. once said, Mark, whenever you have the chance to stunt, stunt. So you know what you and I are about to do? We're going to stunt. Okay. Yes, because there's a team that everybody buried. And then they won eight straight games, which led to their sixth straight AFC West championship. And in the process, with their starting quarterback under center, Patrick Mahomes, they have won 26 straight games in the months of November, December, and January. 26. That would be your once again AFC West champion, Kansas City Chiefs. We tried to tell you. They are, they're incredible. And they're playing with such confidence right now. And they're there's almost this feeling, and maybe I just have to tip my cap to Andy Reid, this feeling of let's just explore in the months of September and October some things that we would like to just try out and see if they work, see what we can build off of those things from a play design standpoint. Let's just go ahead and, and figure out how we can expand our playbook, how we can expand our repertoire during those months and then let's tighten it back up in November and December and just kick the tar out of everybody. It's, it is absolutely amazing when you watch this team play 
and the efficiency with which they play right now in the months of November, December, both offensively and defensively, just absolutely opening a can on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Amazing what they did. Look, and they did it without one of their three best players, or at least their, one of their four best players in Travis Kelsey. If you're going to put Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones in that conversation, they do it without their kicker, Harrison Butker, and they do it with a new punter, all because of COVID. The thing that impresses me, though, most about Kansas City, and like I, you and I knew the offense was going to be fine. You always right. say turnovers come in bunches, and they, and then they go away. You can't count on that. The defense that Steve Spagnola has put together. During this eight-game winning streak, they're giving up an average of 12.9 points per game. Uh, they've gone five straight games, 10 points or less at home at Arrowhead, which is more than likely where we'll see them in the postseason, uh, barring some ridiculous turnaround. They have a tough one coming up this week. We'll talk about that with Kansas City in a minute. But I don't think there's been a better job in season of reversing something than what Steve Spagnuolo has done with that defense. Yeah, you know, the, the crazy thing for me about that is the last couple of years it started that way. You know, it's like, hey, they're the yep. worst defense in football up until about week eight or nine. And then all of a sudden, like, you see a team go from, hey, they're the worst defense in football, and all of a sudden they, they've gone up to the you know, middle of the pack. But they go, they go straight from the worst defense in football to, oh, by the way, now we're the best defense in football. It's and insane. It is, it's and again, I don't have on that particular one. I don't have an answer for you. You know, I could I could yeah. spit out a bunch of theories, but that's all they are. Um, bottom line is, you know, I can look at things like, hey, they've moved Chris Jones back inside a little bit more, so he's playing where he dominates the one on ones with the guards, and he does that. But it, this thing is all three levels of their football team, oh, yeah. all three levels of their defense have played exceptionally well down the stretch, and and that's what but that's what the difference is. Yeah, listen. Uh- you're right. Chris Jones moving inside is great. Obviously, Melvin Ingram has been fantastic. But mm-hmm. to me, like for the first eight weeks of the season, offensive coordinators are going, okay, where's Dan Sorensen? Where's Dan Sorensen? Where can we find Dan Sorensen? Right. All of a sudden, Dan Sorensen's making plays, right? That, that's the difference we're talking about. It's not just one superstar moving inside. It's everybody got better. And that, to me, is coaching. And that's why a big tip of the cap to Steve Spagnola and the Chiefs defensive coordinator for getting the job done. <laughs> Then there's the Miami Dolphins. Now, first of all, that game was a disaster on Monday night. The, the Saints had, what, 20-plus guys on the COVID list, and they had to start Ian Book. By the way, I think Notre Dame quarterbacks have lost 20-something straight games in the NFL, I think 24 straight games between Ian Book, Deshaun Kaiser, Jimmy Clausen, and whoever else we want to throw on that list. But the, the Miami Dolphins are now the first team in NFL history to have a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak within the same season. And lo and behold, Mark, after a one and seven start, right now they hold the seventh seed in the AFC playoffs with two games to go. Hey, yeah, and nobody wants to play them, right? I mean, nope. you want to talk about, again, another job of coaching, understanding kind of what you are, what you aren't, and how you're going to adjust the way you coach your football team based upon the things that are perceived strengths. And I'll go all the way back to that Baltimore game on a Thursday night when. They played the Ravens and just opened a can on the offense of the Ravens and basically created a blueprint that everybody else wants to follow. And it was, you look at their 58 or 59 plays that they ran defensively. I think it was 42 plays or 45 plays where they played what we call zero coverage, meaning straight man-to-man, we're going to bring more people than you have the block. Can you Can you complete a pass? Can you beat somebody on one-on-one? Because that's what you're getting. 
And ever since that time, their ability to line up, threaten the A-gaps with linebackers, bring pressure off the edge, you know, they're just coming from somewhere. And like we used to say this all the time when I was playing, you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz, Right. right? And if you're good from a blitz pickup standpoint and you've got receivers that can instantly win at the, you know, on the release, and that's really what it comes down to. Can you win the release? If you win the release, then you can stack a wide receiver and you can be over the top of him, right? Like those things have to go hand in hand if you can pick it up. Well, the bottom line is they're so good at bringing pressure and bringing it from showing you one thing. It's like the Wizard of Oz, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. They're showing you one thing. They're bringing it from the other side. They're doing a great job of that. And nobody's been able to solve the conundrum that is the Miami Dolphins defense and their blitz pressure schemes. And I, I tell you, somebody will do it. Somebody will figure yeah. it out. And and Miami will get beat 42 to you know to 15 or something but right yeah. now nobody seems to be able to do it and they're gonna they're gonna ride and die with that well listen I, I think the Miami Dolphins are the perfect litmus test for the insane 2021 season because one thing is looks like it's gonna happen one way or the other and they'll make history one way or the other they started one and seven no team has ever made the playoffs in NFL history after starting one and seven but with their win Monday night over the Saints they now have a seven-game winning streak in the months of November and December. Since the AFL-NFL merger of 1970, every team, every team that has had a seven-game winning streak in the month of November and December has made the postseason. So whether they make the postseason or whether they don't make the postseason, either way, the Dolphins are going to set some sort of mark that we've never seen before in the NFL. And I think that sums up the insanity of what we've been dealing with over the last few weeks of the uh, 2021 season here. Then there's the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I don't know if there's a better way to break out a slump for the offense than to do what Dak Prescott did uh, Sunday night against the Washington football team. He became the first quarterback in NFL history to throw touchdown passes to a wide receiver, a tight end, a running back, and an offensive lineman in the same game in the 42-point blowout win over Washington, 56-14. to This, to me, was a statement game for the Cowboys, who are still very much in line, Mark, to have home field advantage through the NFC because they are a different animal at home. Oh, there, there is no question about it. And you talk about breaking out of the slump. You know, the crazy thing about that is, you know, Dak Prescott, and I talked to him last week about this quote-unquote slump. He was having none of it, taking like yeah. 100% responsibility for where he is. And I talked to him about pulling that calf and missing, you know, during the bye week, missing that time. And then the, the next week, week eight, missing that time. Absolutely has nothing to do with anything. I'm fine, 100%, you know. And you're like, hey, man, everybody at this point is hurt. You know, everybody's playing with it. I am not injured. I've never felt better. I'm like, this is Dak. And I appreciate that about Dak. Whether you're, you're, you know, whether you're, you're lying to me or lying to yourself, I don't care. But he right. is totally, like, 100% taking responsibility for it. And the cool thing about team, and it's the complementary nature of football, and this is where Dallas really intrigues me. During that offensive slump, where they weren't running the ball, where, um, um, you know, there's outstanding left tackle. Uh, Terrence Smith missed uh, Tyron now Smith. four games. Yeah. yeah, he's missed four games. Maybe, maybe, did he, I don't know if he missed last week or not. He but, did. He missed last week. Yeah. So now it's five games during this run where they, they you know, Amari Cooper's missed a couple of games. Gallup had missed games in time early. Um, 
you know, uh, CeeDee Lamb had missed some time. They had some injuries. Uh, Tony Pollard had missed time. So, you know, there was a lack of continuity there. During that whole time where they've had that lack of continuity, guess who showed up? The freaking defense. They have played exactly lights-out right. defense to win those games and to give themselves a chance to be here with, uh, you know, with the number one seed in line. That, that is complimentary football. That's still, I think, to me, the thing that intrigues me most about the Dallas Cowboys is what they've been able to do, why they've tried to get through some of the issues they've had on the offensive side of the ball, and that breakout against a damn good Washington defense. Don't, don't, hey, man. Yeah. Don't just throw that by the wayside that they were able to hang 50 whatever points they hung on Washington. Washington's defense is legitimate. And yeah. that's that's a big time victory for the Dallas Cowboys. It absolutely is. And a lot of the same things we just said about the Kansas City defense, we could say about the Cowboys defense. They have playmakers at every level. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs is a ball hawk. He tied Everson Wall's franchise record with 11 interceptions in that game. Then you have Leighton Vander Esch, Micah Parsons. Uh, who can play linebacker or rush, so they're good on that level. And then, my God, when you have Tank Lawrence and Randy Gregory back, and then you can throw Micah Parsons into the mix, Dan Quinn may be the off-season coach of the year, uh, or coordinator of the year, if Steve Spagnola is the in-season coordinator of the year for the way he's got that defense playing. Yeah, he's got him playing great football. And then, you know, the things that he has done, because you think about Dan Quinn, you think about the Seattle Seahawks, you think about that match cover three and, you know, talking to him, and I spent a lot of time on the phone. He's a he's a friend. You know, he's a guy that I can lean great on guy. when I'm like, yeah, great yeah. guy. And I'm just like, hey, dude, ex- describe this or, or explain this to me, what you're doing. And he's like, I've really changed. Like, I'm matching all my outside routes in the cover. But, like, I'm, I'm more man-to-man than I've ever been. But I'm zone man-to-man on the inside. Like, it's all combination coverage. And, yeah. like, what he's done, the way he's adjusted that – the way he's lining up five defensive linemen, lining up Van Der Esch as a D lineman, lining up Micah Parsons as almost a D lineman on the outside. They are they are giving you so many looks, and you're right. They're finding ways to free up uh, Gregory. They're finding ways to free up Lawrence. Um, they're they're an amazing tough out. And you talk about ball skills, and, and this was interesting. You know, you talked about Diggs, and um, I'm just you know talking defense in general. And um, I'm talking to Mike McCarthy. He goes, man, I would much rather take a 4-4-5 guy or a 4-5-5 guy and play corner that's got exceptional ball skills than a 4-3-8 guy that has no ball skills. And he goes, we have in our back end, we have guys that have tremendous ball skills. And, like, you you see it with Diggs. He runs routes. Like, he, he matches and runs the route the receiver is supposed to run. And then he's got the ability, once he puts his hands on it, he, he's catching it. They're an incredible defense right now. They absolutely are. And, of course, Trayvon Diggs started out as a wide receiver. That's where those ball skills come from. So uh, Cowboys look to be in really, really good shape, potentially to have the number one overall seed. And, again, they score more points at home than any team in football. So that's why, uh, you know, them being at home would be a huge boon for them if they can get that way through the entire playoffs. All right, when we take a break and when we come back, we'll talk about a win that was needed not only for the standings but also for a team's psyche. That's next on The Chop Shop. Stay with us. No two dreams are the same, but there is one van equipped to handle them all. For over 120 years, Mercedes-Benz vans have been built, upfitted, and ready to go because we believe dreams should never stay that way because those who find their passion drive their passion. 
so you can stop following your dreams and start driving them. Hey, welcome into our new weekly segment, Trey's Trends, presented by Caesar Sportsbook. Now, Caesar Sportsbook is the greatest sports betting app of all time, people. Why? Patience, I'm about to tell you, because Caesars makes everyone feel like an emperor. When you place your bets, win or lose, you earn more with Caesar Rewards. Dining, getaway, stays, so many perks. Now, let me explain what that means. You see, in our world, Caesar isn't the only emperor. You see, if you check the spelling, there is no apostrophe in Caesars. Why is that? It's because everyone who downloads the app is treated like an emperor. We are all Caesars. Caesar Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards, which means win or lose, you'll earn reward credits with every single wager. Redeem those credits for sports tickets, dining, getaways, and more. Presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. Here's a peek of what you can learn when you watch Trey's trends on Caesar Sportsbook social media and YouTube channels. Let's talk about the game of the week, the Chiefs and the Bengals. These are the only two teams in the NFL right now with a 4,000-yard passer and a pair of 1,000-yard receivers, but let's take it one step further. Uh, this is going to be only the second game in NFL history where you have two teams with each having a 4,000-yard passer and 2,000-yard receivers. It was back in Week 17 of 2014, the last time it happened, when the Packers with quarterback Aaron Rodgers and wide receivers Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb took on the Detroit Lions with Matthew Stafford, a quarterback, and Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate as the 1,000-yard receivers and beat them 30-20. to 20. Mahomes ranks fifth in the NFL in passing yards with just over 4,300, and he has his pair of receivers in tight end Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, both over 1,000 yards. Uh, Kelsey, by the way, was out Sunday because of COVID-19. They do expect him back. As for Burrow, his 1,000-yard receivers are rookie Jamar Chase, who's been incredible, and T. Higgins. And then, of course, Burrow has thrown all kinds of yards himself. He ranks sixth in the NFL at 4,165. The Chiefs have won eight straight games, while the Bengals have won four of their last six. The Bengals have won their last five home games against the Chiefs, by the way. Kansas City's last win in Cincinnati came back in 1984 when Todd Blackledge was making his second career start. Find more of Trace Trends at Caesar Sports on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube with new episodes dropping every Friday. 21 or older, 18 or older in D.C. must be located in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah and other states where it's prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., and Nevada, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, call or text TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Copyright 2021, Caesars Entertainment. Coming soon to New York, gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. All right, back with you on the Chop Shop, Trey Wingo and Mark Schlereth, still in the holiday spirit as I'm sporting my plaid holiday jacket. Stake, there was a huge win for the Buffalo Bills in terms of their playoff positioning and their ability to control their own destiny, if you believe destiny is something that be controlled in the AFC East. But I would argue as big as it was in the standings, it was one they needed for their freaking brains, their freaking heads, their psyche. You know, they had 
just gotten smoked at home a couple of weeks ago by New England in that horrible weather game where they just got punished against the run. Then they go and lose on the road. Uh, they had a little bounce back game against the uh, against the Panthers. They needed for their own mental health to beat the Buff- to beat the New England Patriots. And they went about it and did it on the road in Foxborough in a very convincing way, thanks to a, a really elaborate sort of ad lib performance by Josh Allen. Yeah, I think that's I think it's huge. Josh Allen probably had his signature game and he's had a lot of really good games. But, you know, there's something special when you play a team that has, you know, had dominance over you over a couple of decades. Um, yep. Obviously, Bill Belichick and there's a little bit of a, a you know, a history there. Bill Belichick and um, Sean McDermott. Remember after that Buffalo game where it was the bad weather game where. Um, the Patriots won that, what, 14-11 or whatever it was, where, you know, he comes out and basically says, hey, you know, Bill Belichick is not all that. You know, he's not all that in a bag of chips. Like, what, yeah. you know, and, and myself and a lot of people looked at him like, dude, Projecting. you really want Right, you Projecting. really want tempt fate. <laughs> but I'll give him a lot of credit because they yeah. came out, they played well. You talked about Josh Allen, yeah. his improv yeah. skills, uh, fourth down, scrambling around, making plays, like – he did that, and I just thought that was an exceptional win for them. And there's something about a win like that. Like when I played in Denver, it was always about can you go to Kansas City and win a game against Marty Schottenheimer's Kansas City Chiefs because you knew that was going to be a bloodbath. You knew how physical they were. You knew how well they played at home. You knew what a solid football team that was. And you can go into New England and win a game in December – against the Patriots um, and, you know, everything is on the line for you as a franchise, that's that's a huge psyche win for the Buffalo Bills. And, and by the way, uh, they almost blew it. Like, they, they were dominant in that game, right? I, I was looking at the first half stats. They were killing them. Like, 20 to 7 was the least amount of points they could be up in that game because they went for it on fourth down so many times and in the, in the red zone a couple of times and didn't get any points. And then the Patriots made it close, and then the Bills said, no, no, not this time, which right. is what I liked. They found a way to finish. And I don't know if you caught this, but on the touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs that I, I think pretty much ended the game, If you somebody, I think it was the NFL Memes account on uh, on Instagram, uh-huh. they had the audio, and you can hear Stephon Diggs. He catches the ball and he looks at people in the stands and says, F you, F you, F you, F you, and F you. And I was like, <laughs> they're like, they're like taking that burden off their back of finally beating the New England Patriots. It was pretty funny. Even though they swept him a year ago, I understand. But right. it was it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> Cooper Cup may be the first to get to 150, but what I've really noticed for the Rams over the last few weeks is that Odell Beckham has become a red zone threat for them. And that is so important, especially with the loss of Robert Woods. Stafford and Beckham did not get on rhythm early, but over the last three or four games, they've been in sync, and that's going to make that Rams team very, very difficult in the NFC. And no question about it, OBJ still, that touchdown he he scored against Minnesota, the top of his route, man, he shook like he was going inside. And the DB just says, like, I think it was Cameron Danzler was like just right here. <laughs> and he, I mean, it's just, and, and God bless him. Like, like I, I understand that feeling of, you know, biting on the fish hook, but that was the route that was let's celebrate somebody who is exceptional at doing what they do because it's impossible to cover that. 
And you're 100% right. What what impresses me more than anything, Eric Yarber was my teammate at the University of Idaho who coaches wide receivers for the Rams. And I went to prepare to do that game. And I put on the film. And I was so pleasantly surprised at watching Odell Beckham Jr. do the dirty work. Yep. And you don't think about a guy that has historically been portrayed as a diva, probably rightfully so, but I'm watching him throw blocks on bubble screens. I mean, just get after people, play physical, um, you know, understanding that you're number two, you're a complimentary route runner, but running that route like you're number one to create the division and the spacing within that context or within that uh, within that play design. You know, like those are the things that you see away from the film or away from the ball when he doesn't have the ball in his hands that he is doing and he's doing them at an exceptional level. And that takes a level of unselfishness that I don't know that he's had in the past. And that comes with coming into an organization where they're like, hey, man, you got a clean slate here, but this is how we do things. And so I'm talking to Eric Yarber before the game and he goes, it's hard not to play hard for us. When you watch the way Cooper Cup blocks people, you watch the way Van Jefferson gets in there and mixes it up, you watch the way the rest of our receivers fight for each other. Like, it's very apparent early that, uh oh, I got to pick my game up. And that's exactly what Odell Beckham Jr. has done. And, I, you know, keep the tip of the cap to him, too, because um, it takes a certain amount of humility to, to be able to do that. Yeah. And he has done it. He has done it. Well, they are clicking right now on all cylinders, and uh, we'll see what happens going forward with them the last two weeks. We talked about this when we talked about the Chiefs, Mark, but I, I don't think you can say enough about the progression of Joe Burrow and the things that he's done in Cincinnati because it was just at this time a year ago against Washington where he got his knee completely blown out. And he, uh, basically almost a year to the day after – what happens? He goes out there and throws for the fourth most yards in a history of an NFL football game, 525, and four touchdown passes as they take on a, and take apart a Baltimore Ravens team. I get it. That was decimated by COVID and injuries and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, you still got to go out there and perform. And they tap danced on him. And I also love what Joe said after the game because they were throwing late when they had the big lead. And, and people were like, well, did you think about easing off? He goes, no, they're getting paid. We're getting paid. Uh, and they did it to us last year. I have zero sympathy for them. I was like, damn, I love yeah. Joe Burrow. And yeah. I, I think Joe Burrow, like, you know, in that draft where it was, uh, you know, it's supposed to be tank for Tua and then Herbert was the surprise and Joe went number one after that amazing season at LSU. Joe Burrow's going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL for a long time. And that that game on Sunday might have been his real coming out party. Yeah, he has been. He really has been incredible. Um, and he is just, you know, Everybody just thinks that you draft one in the first round and you're going to get one, right? And right now you start to look around the league and you, you know, are there question marks about Daniel Jones? Yep. Are there question marks about Baker Mayfield? Yep. Uh, Sam Darnold? Yep. You know, I mean, the whole nine yards. Josh Rosen, who? Yeah, right. And so you just, you just, you just don't know. Um, But you Put the skill set aside, which is probably the last thing that you really need to look at. It's the intangible stuff. It's the instincts yep. aspect of it. It's your ability just to understand kind of what they're trying to do to you and how you're going to attack that. And Joe Burrow has been 
nothing short of amazing, especially like you said, coming off that devastating knee injury, Trey, where, you know, I've been there and there are times where you really question whether you could play again or you play with some fear or some apprehension or, you know, you're, you're a little bit skittish in the pocket, whatever. He shows none of that. I mean, it's almost, it's almost though, you know, you and I have talked about this before, uh, the art of not giving a, you know what, an F. Yeah. Like he seems to have that in spades back there. It doesn't, nothing seems to rattle that guy. And um, I tell you what, I'm a hundred percent with you of, of all the young quarterbacks and there's some good ones, you know, we've mentioned some bad ones, but there's some really good ones in this league. And I think Herbert's going to be really good. There's a lot that are going to be really good. Joe Burrow may be the best of all that group, all that young group. Yeah. Clearly, there's something he likes in the Ravens game because they beat him by 24 earlier this season up in Baltimore. So there's something about the offense that the Bengals present. And sometimes matchups are just bad matchups, right? And it, clearly, there's something about the Bengals offense that doesn't match up well with the Ravens defense as it's presently constructed. But that game, Kansas City and Cincinnati, I mean, if Kansas City drops that game, Tennessee still has a chance to sneak into the number one seed, although I'm not sure how potent they're going to be going forward. So that game is literally almost everything. Uh, in the AFC this coming Sunday in Cincinnati. It it, it certainly is. And, you know, it, th- that one is, you talk about fi- offensive fireworks. You know, the difference to me um, is Kansas City's playing great defense right now. So that'll yeah. be a great, that'll be a great matchup. But the potential, uh, the potential, which means it'll be, you know, a, a 13-17 game. The potential. <laughs> 12, 12-10. Yeah. The potential for, a you know, a, a, one of them 51-49 games is there. You remember that game we had a couple of years ago between Kansas City and uh, 54-51? And, yeah, and the Rams. And the Rams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that potential is there, which, like you said, 12-10. 12-10, yeah. Kansas City. <laughs> well, if, if that's the case, we'll talk about it next week in the new year in 2022. Brother, it has been great getting back to work with you in 2021, and we look forward to finishing up the season and doing this for a lot more years. My best to you and the family, and we'll talk to you uh, next year. Okay? Yeah, happy new year, my friend. Love you. Thanks again to our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook. Remember to visit Caesars.com to see if sports betting is available where you live.